Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. It is so hard for me to believe, but church, we are in the last message of one of the most beautiful psalms, Psalm 23. Good morning. It is good to see you. I'm glad you've joined me for this final message in an incredible series called The Lord is My Shepherd. My hope and prayer for you has been that you have found encouragement through this series and if you're joining us for the first time today then perhaps this is just a god moment in your life to discover that the good shepherd jesus christ wants to walk with us every step of the way in fact that's why we've been in this psalm so long we have been coming to god to discover five unforgettable truths that David, the author of this psalm, has laid out for us. Let me, let me just do a refresher. In week one, we discovered that the good shepherd refreshes me. In week two, the good shepherd refines me. In week three, the good shepherd reassures me. And then, in week four, the good shepherd revives me. It's time for our final truth And you know what we've got to do. We've got to go back and look at the entire psalm together. I want to encourage you there at home, read it out loud with me. Will you do that? I won't feel so lonely then. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Here's our final verse today. David writes, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As I read this psalm, and especially this last verse, the final unforgettable truth just jumps off the page. The good shepherd reminds me. I wonder if David kept remembrances of his youthful shepherd days. Think about it. Did he have a special man cave where he kept his rod and staff? What about the stones and the sling he used to protect his sheep? And then the oil flask he used for anointing the sheep. Can you imagine those incredible reminders of God's faithfulness as a young shepherd? And and if he did keep them, can can you just go along with this image for a moment? When he was overwhelmed as the shepherd of Israel, did he go look at those things? Did he hold some of the stones in his hand 
that he would have used to kill Goliath, the giants in his life? Would he have just taken a hold of his staff and thought, God has been leading me, my good shepherd has been with me every step of the way? Maybe he smelled the olive oil in the flask, just as a reminder how God protects his sheep. You know, at my house, I have a man cave, and I don't know how it happened, but all of the family collectible things that everybody just ends up putting in a yard sale or throwing in a drawer, they ended up coming to me. And I bought a, a large barrister bookcase, if you know what that is. It has glass on the front, you can open it. And I started putting the collectibles of our family in this barrister bookcase. And I put some of my own from raising children and in my own life. And I think I can understand what David is writing in this final verse because there are times I'll go to the barrister bookcase and just hold something in my hand. I'll look at it just like David must have done for this reason. I want to be reminded that God has been with me every step of the way. Think about it. As we dig into this verse in Psalm 23, verse 6, I believe that the Good Shepherd wants to remind David that his life wasn't ending. A new day as king was just beginning. Perhaps this is where you find yourself. Go back into the archives of blessing. Maybe even find something that's a reminder of how God has been with you. Go look at a picture. Hold it in your hand. Maybe you've got your favorite mug that reminds you that God has, has blessed you in incredible ways. Perhaps a friend gave you a gift, and when you look at it or you hold it or you use it, you are reminded of this truth. Your life isn't ending. It's just beginning. No matter what the difficulties or problems that you're facing, God is with us. The good shepherd is leading in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And we have no need that God cannot meet. God is with us every step of the way. And he wants to remind us of his faithfulness. So in this last verse, can I give you three essential reminders? I, I'm excited about this because as David ends this psalm, he's not just trying to find a beautiful poetic closure to this incredible prayer. David literally is saying to us, he's reminding us that God is always with us. So let me give you the first reminder. It comes from that first part of the verse, surely your goodness and love. Surely your goodness and love. Here, here's the first reminder. The good shepherd reminds me of his goodness and his love. Now, David closes out with a word. We translate it as the word surely. It literally means you, O oh God. I'm confident in you, 
no matter what happens next. Now, I've been reminding you uh, every week that David does not know what's going to happen next, especially if scholars are right, and his son, Absalom, is trying to take over the kingdom. David has had to flee. David finds himself in a place where he stops in God's presence, and he begins to remember all of God's blessings, and he writes one word to begin this last verse, surely. He is confident that God is with us. Now, I want to show you what that actually means for us. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, the apostle Paul writes, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I love this. Being confident of this, surely, okay, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. If you and I know Jesus as our good shepherd, if he's the one that's dwelling in our hearts and lives, no matter the struggles that you're going through, we need to remember one word, surely. Being confident of this, that we're not alone. God is with us. Now, how did David really know that, though? Do you, ever, do you ever pray and you're like, God, are you really there? Come on, I've done it. Sometimes I'm praying and I'm thinking, God, if you would just show up in this room, it would help me get on with my life. God isn't going to do that. He wants us by faith to trust in the good shepherd. So how did David have this confidence that God was with him? He uses two words. Don't underestimate the impact of two incredible words. The first is goodness. The word in the Hebrew is many things. It's an adjective. It has the meaning of the word good in the broadest sense. Thinking pleasant thoughts, being excellent and happy. It's summarized in this uh, wonderful sentence. It's small, but it's, it's powerful. Good for you. Isn't that great? Good for you. It's an adjective, but it's also a noun. It's both masculine and feminine. It meets the needs of both male and female, and as an adjective, it's best understood as you're a good woman or you're a good man. But it's also an adverb. It means all is well, all is good. Can you, can you wrap your mind around that? David uses the word goodness. Surely God's goodness is with us. Pastor Rob Morgan put it this way. We have a good God who does good things and who gives good gifts to those who know him. The goodness of God. Now, David had experienced God's goodness in every season of life. That's why he was confident of God's presence. Can I invite you into that same challenge? Think about it right now. Has God blessed you at all? Do you believe in God? And if you're struggling with that, you found the right place. This is a safe place to, to unpack our faith and understand it. But I want you to go back. Where have you seen God work in your life? And you know it couldn't be a coincidence. You can see the hand of God in some way, somehow. Put it all together and understand that God, the good shepherd, is with us. And we see it in his goodness. 
but also we see it in his love. Now, I love the King James translation of this. This is how I memorized it as a young man. Surely goodness and, can you fill in the blank? Mercy. Oh, I could see it on your lips. I really could. Surely goodness and mercy. Now, actually, the literal rendering of the Hebrew word is this. God's loving kindness. So what we're really understanding from David is this. God has given me his loving kindness that embraces me even when I don't deserve it. God is a God of grace. Are you out there saying amen yet? Have you blown it? I know I have. I've said things, done things, and I turn around and I think, God, how can you love me the way I am? Sometimes I, I look at the people in my life, my pastor friends and, and my staff and my family, and I'm thinking, you love me even though I just acted that way? Well, I'm glad that the people in my life have the love of God flowing through them to me. Because this is exactly what David is saying. David gets to the end of this incredible prayer and he says, Surely the good shepherd's goodness and his loving kindness, his mercy is given to me even when I don't deserve it. I had to turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 in the New Testament. John the Apostle wrote, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Are you as excited about the verse as I am? Think about it this way. Can you imagine if John would have said, See what great love the Father has given to those who only deserve it. How about this? The, see what great love the Father has given on his favorites. No, uh, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And if you're following Jesus, the good shepherd, that's what you are. You're a child of God. The good shepherd reminds me of his goodness and love. That's our first reminder. The good shepherd reminds me of his goodness and love and love. I like to think of God's goodness and love or goodness and mercy like two sheepdogs. Now, do you can I go back? Do you remember this? I gave you this insight uh, several weeks ago. In David's time, the shepherd would be out in front. But I really am thrilled with this idea that in our day and age, there are sheepdogs that are coming in and behind the sheep. In fact, I want you to watch a clip that comes from a Welsh shepherd because it's going to demonstrate David's point beautifully. Okay, I want you to do something. Are you ready? I want you to think of the two dogs you just saw on the screen named Goodness and mercy, or goodness and love. Now, I know I'm getting a little crazy here, but I need you to understand what David is saying. 
David is saying, God's goodness and love are with me every step of the way. David expresses his total confidence in God's care and provision even in the midst of difficult circumstances. He's not a fair weather follower. God constantly has goodness and mercy bringing us together, uniting us, and helping us move in God's direction. I love what the great preacher Charles Spurgeon once said about God's goodness and mercy. They are twin guardian angels that will be at my back and at my beck and call. The good shepherd constantly reminds me of his goodness and love. Let's move to the next part of chapter 23, verse 6. David now says, will follow me all the days of my life. Now, I want you to see how he builds the bridge. Goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. The word in Hebrew means, are you ready for this? To dog. It means to dog, to pursue, to chase, to run after. Most often, and this is interesting, David would use the Hebrew word for follow as a sign of hostile intent. Let me give you an example. Psalm 7, chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Lord my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me. Or they will tear me apart like a lion and rent me to pieces with no one to rescue me. Now, look at it again. He says, Lord my God, I take refuge in you. I did that twice. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me. It's the same word for the word follow in the Hebrew. Now, think of it this way. In Psalm 23, verse 6, David intentionally selects the same Hebrew word that he usually uses for evil intent, but he turns it for good. He says, the good shepherd pursues or follows me, not out of evil, not out of remorse, not out of, of some type of, of sinful discipline, but he says, the good shepherd follows me out of what? Goodness and love. It's the same thing that we find in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Jesus said it this way. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety and nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? The word go that Jesus uses in the Greek is the parallel word that we see in the Hebrew. It means to pursue on a journey. God refuses to let anyone go until the very last second of their life. 
He's constantly following after those who are not his. And if the good shepherd is willing to pursue sinners, how much more will he pursue the children of God who know the voice of Jesus the shepherd? Here's our second incredible reminder. The good shepherd reminds me of his constant presence. The good shepherd reminds me of his goodness and love, but here's the next reminder. The good shepherd reminds me of his constant presence. Years and years ago, when the only way that you could get ice was when the wagon came around with blocks of ice for you to buy for the day to try to keep your food cold. Well, there was a little boy and his dad owned the ice house in town. And he was there playing, and he had gotten a hold of his grandfather's pocket watch. And as he was playing and messing around, as boys do, he lost it amongst the ice and all the sawdust that was used in the ice house in order to absorb the water as the ice melted. He panicked. He began to panic. He's like, where in the world is the watch? He was frantic. He was looking everywhere for it. Finally, it dawned on him. Wisdom came to the mind of a little boy. He stopped. He got completely silent. And he began to listen for the ticking of the watch. God is constantly pursuing and following after us. He is always present if we will just stop and listen. David said it. David said, the good shepherd follows me with goodness and love. Jesus said it. Jesus said, wouldn't you follow after a sheep that was lost? Heaven rejoices more than any other time when someone who is lost is found by God and redeemed by the goodness and love of Jesus Christ, the Savior. When that happens, there is a party going on in heaven. Well, listen, that's how God feels about you and me, but you and I have to stop. We've got to stop and listen to God. We need to get quiet and silent so that we can be still and know that God is God. That is what David did. David stopped. He stopped running from his son. He found a, a green pasture, still waters. He knew that there was a death shadow following him. But he chose not to fear any evil because God was with him. The table of God was set before him. And the goodness and love of God was pursuing him, following him all the days of his life. God, the good shepherd, when we trust him, especially in the most difficult moments of our lives, as hard as that is, that's when we discover the goodness, the mercy, and the loving kindness of the Good Shepherd. Elizabeth Elliot, 
she understood this. She was the wife of slain Acua missionary Jim Elliott. It's a wonderful story. She once wrote, I am not a theologian or a scholar, but I am very aware of the fact that pain is necessary to all of us. In my own life, I think I can honestly say that out of the deepest pain has come the strongest conviction of the presence of God and the love of God. Do you mind if I encourage you for a moment? Maybe you're in pain physically. Maybe you're in pain spiritually. Maybe you're in pain mentally because fear overwhelms you every day and the unknown is a, is, is a shadow of death to you. Oh, listen, God loves you so much. God is with you. The good shepherd is in front of you and the good shepherd is behind you. He is following, pursuing you with his loving kindness. We don't deserve it, but it's his gift to us and a reminder we're not alone. You're not alone. And that leads us to the last part. Are you ready for this? We're at the end. David writes, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here's our third reminder. The good shepherd reminds me of his eternal promise. What an, what an incredible ending to the psalm. In life we'll experience mountaintops, green pastures, still waters, dark valleys, and death shadows. Predators will surprise us. Enemies will attack us. But the good shepherd always leads us. Goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And now the psalm has come full circle. David journeyed down hillsides, but he finally, in this last piece, we see him turned towards home. He reveals that his ultimate home is found in the house of the Lord. He would dwell forever with God, the good shepherd. Have you ever taken time just to reflect on this, this idea of the house of the Lord. In Psalm 27, 4, David also wrote, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Now David was writing about being in God's presence on this earth, but he had an eternal focus as well. Jesus helps us clarify that as the good shepherd. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, Jesus said this to his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may, may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. When you and I think about God, we need to think about an eternal invitation to be in his presence. Now, we have this tendency to call it heaven, but I want you to go beyond that idea. I want you to really embrace 
this third reminder that God reminds us of his eternal promise. And the promise of Jesus isn't just a heavenly home. The promise of Jesus is that we'll actually be in his presence. I was thrilled to find this insight by writer Randy Alcorn. Listen to what he describes. Think of friends or family members who love Jesus and are with him now. Picture them with you, walking together in this place. All of you have powerful bodies, stronger than those of an Olympic decathlete. You are laughing, playing, talking, and reminiscing. You reach up to a tree to pick an apple or orange. You take a bite. It's so sweet that it's startling. You've never tasted anything so good. Now you see someone coming towards you. It's Jesus with a big smile on his face. You fall to your knees in worship. He pulls you up and embraces you. That's heaven. That's what it means to be in the home of God. That's what it means to be in the presence of God. Our third reminder is beautiful. The good shepherd reminds me of his eternal promise that if we follow Jesus Christ as our good shepherd and invite Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our lives, this earth is not our permanent home. We have an eternal home waiting for us in the presence of God himself. That's why I love the word David uses, forever. Say it with me, come on, forever? Now, now just, I know you're at home, but shout it. Nobody's gonna care, just shout it out. Forever! In the Hebrew, the word means length of days. We can grasp the meaning of God's forever in John three sixteen. Jesus once told a Pharisee named Nicodemus, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We can have eternal life in God's presence. Nothing could be sweeter than to dwell with Jesus for all of eternity in his forever. All we have to do is to believe in Jesus as our good, good shepherd. Years and years ago, a group of business professionals gathered for a monthly luncheon. It was their custom each year to invite their pastors to join them. After the meal, a famous local actor was asked to share a speech and give some entertainment. The actor stood before everyone dramatically, and he recited famous plays and poetry. Then at one point, he was confident. He looked at the audience and took request, and he began to answer the pleas of the audience. But then an elderly pastor spoke up and said, Sir, could you recite Psalm 23 for us? A bit surprised by the unusual request, the actor agreed. But he said, Pastor, I'll do it under one condition. After I recite the psalm, we would be honored if you too would recite Psalm 23. 
The pastor agreed and the stage was set. The actor presented a stunningly beautiful recitation of Psalm 23 to the audience. And when he was done, they applauded with enthusiastic favor. Then the pastor, as he had promised, rose to his feet and without any hesitation. He began to recite Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When the pastor was done, there was no applause. The room was completely hushed and silent. If you looked around, you could see grown men with tears in their eyes. A few moments passed and the actor rose to his feet and he said this. Ladies and gentlemen present, I spoke to your ears. But this pastor has spoken to our hearts. And here's the difference. I know Psalm 23, but this pastor knows the shepherd. Do you know him? Psalm 23 is a beautiful poem. It's a powerful prayer. But it only has the deepest meaning when Jesus the Good Shepherd is our Savior. As we close today, I want us to read Psalm 23 together before we pray. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father God, I'm asking you today that every person that hears this message would put their faith and their trust in you as the good shepherd. We've had a wonderful journey through each verse and each of the promises, the truths of God. But now Jesus, as our good shepherd, lead us and guide us. Take us down the paths you want us to follow. Show us the way that you would want us to go. And God, may we constantly be willing to be still and listen for your voice. Father, I pray comfort for those who are struggling, and I pray joy for everyone who prays this prayer. And we ask it in the name of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Amen. I love you so much. You're incredible. It's been a wonderful journey together through Psalm 23. I encourage you to put your faith and trust in God. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. I love you. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. 
So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast. And also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.